0: Hello, this is Deborah Anderson, The Black Woman Animator, coming back to you with another video. In this video, I have my guest, Andre Rodriguez, and we're talking about blackness in animation. So Andre, just introduce yourself right quick. Uh,
1: Yes, I'm uh, Andre Rodriguez, as uh, Deborah's already said. And um, I'm currently working at Blue Sky Studios uh, in um, Connecticut. I've been there um, six years now. I started in the summer of 2013. you want me to give a little history little
0: sure yeah you can do that
1: um okay so so my story is a little bit is different than uh pretty much everybody i've met in the industry um i was exposed to um cg in uh the california department of corrections for those of you that doesn't know what that means that's the prison system
2: okay. um
1: so i learned about i learned about it in um tracy state prison they had a uh a drafting class in there and so I was lucky enough that I'm an artist. So I was lucky enough that they put me in Tracy State Prison where they had a drafting class in the vocation department. And, um, but they had this little room in there. And in the room, they had these computers in there. And I come from a town where there was, growing up, there was no computers in school and none of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I look at this stuff like I'm in Star Trek. And I'm, I'm like, what the hell is that? Teacher tells me this, is, uh, this stuff is for CG. And I said, what's that? You know, computer graphics. And uh, so he he, uh, he showed me the the programs they had on there at the time they had soft and Mod, um, They had three studio max and AutoCAD So he's saying that, you know, if I learn this stuff I can go out there and make movies like like Toy Story and whatnot. And I'm like what that not nah, I don't think so <laughs> so so um after I after I paroled in 98 um, I I really didn't think I, that that was possible. So I just didn't got a regular job, you know, and then out of the blue, I got a brochure from the Art Institute in the Mail. I don't know how, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know that art schools existed. Had no idea. Um, so then I, I said, what the hell? And uh called my pops. Pops up uh, put that put that John Hancock down to help him with the loans and mm-hmm. jumped into college. And my whole world was just opened up and I met I met all these people there, artists and and computer geniuses and whatnot. Um and then uh I had a great time at college and then um, 2005, I graduated. Um, and then after that I said, What's the chances of an ex felon, a black ex felon? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, especially with my with my what I went in there for. That's a whole right. other story for another time. Mm. Um, who who would hire me? So I said, you know what, let me just go get a job. Um, so I uh, I was I was just about to get a job at Home Depot, sign all the paperwork, everything mm. it was good to go. And uh, a friend of mine helped me get an interview at PEI DreamWorks. It was a friend of mine from college. He helped me get this interview. Um, and when I interviewed there, I interviewed this guy named Drew Sherwood in, in the facilities department. Right? That's mm-hmm. that's the bottom of the barrel right there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um they didn't have any they didn't have any um openings at the time, you know? And right. so that's when I went job hunting to look for another job. I found the Home Depot gig. And then um right the day the day before the weekend, I was gonna start Monday. Uh Thursday, Drew called me and said, We gotta open and come in, you're starting. Let's go. And so Friday I had to tell Home Depot, deuces. I can't <laughs> I can't start my job on Monday. <laughs> and it's funny because I actually took a significant pay cut, not working at Home Depot wow. to go to to go to PDI DreamWorks and work. Um I took four dollar pay cut. Wow. Yeah, to start in facilities at uh, at DreamWorks. So that's where I started my career was at PDI DreamWorks in the Bay Area, California, Redwood City. And I was there for six and a half years. So there I started in facilities. From mm-hmm. facilities, I went to Front MPA, which is a production system that covers eight departments at once. And then from front front MPA, I went to modeling coordinator, which is which is kind of weird because I want to be in the modeling department as a modeler. And then from mm-hmm. my line department coordinator, I went back to facilities as a dispatcher. And then from facilities, I went into the art PA
2: mm-hmm. position.
1: And then from the art PA position, I got a chance to do some modeling. So I was doing so I was doing PA work and modeling at the same time. I was Ooh. pulling like 60, 70 seventy-hour weeks, something like that. And then finally on Madagascar three, I became a full-time modeler.
3: Nice. And uh,
1: yeah, so that's a little little quick history of. How, my, how I became like a professional artist.
0: So um, when I met Andre we kind of quickly vibed, started a friendship, and we talk about... Super fast.
1: Everything. Real talk. We're in sync. We're yeah. in sync for real. No doubt.
0: So we definitely wanted to talk about blackness in animation. So first off, we're going to start with like reminiscing about a lot of the characters that have existed throughout the years. And so what characters can you think of, um, that you, uh, whether you vibe with them or not, what characters have they, has the, um, men, media and the industry presented us with? Like, if you think about back in the day, BT, Cedar's world, um, Eddie Murphy and the PJs, what, uh, what characters do you think of?
1: Man, if you want to go back growing up, Fat Albert.
0: Right.
3: <laughs> hey 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 <laughs>
2: that was a,
1: yeah that that I mean fat album was uh I think uh the cartoon that I watched that were where characters looked like me you know what I mean mm-hmm. um I think uh but for the most part growing so I grew up in a small town uh Arizona, California it's northern California
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and um we had a we had a small we had a small close-knit group of black folks there, you know what I mean so and I and I'm assuming since we're so small that's why we we're so close-knit, you know Right. Um, most of the, most of the people came from, most people there came from like Kentucky, Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know, in the deep south, and, uh, and they really, they had that kind of, you know, you stay within your community kind of mm-hmm. thing going on, you know, yeah. but so be, but being in that small town, I wasn't exposed to like, say, a place like Harlem, or a mm-hmm. place like, um, uh, like Compton, like if you go down to like Southern Cal, mm-hmm. you find like Compton. Uh, where it's just black folks, you know, right. everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So we had we had our community, but it was very small, yeah. and um, and I didn't get exposed to a lot of I didn't get exposed to a lot of characters that looked like me outside of like say, Fat Albert, um, and stuff like you know, uh, the Cosby Show, a different world, but that's not animation. You know what I mean? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: so most of my most of my experiences uh, in animation came from stuff like. I like well when I first start when I first came up I like stop motion animation. Okay. So I like all the Ray Harry House and stuff, which mm-hmm. is like uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Okay. Uh, Seven Voyages of Sinbad, like stuff like that,
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: always felt weird. Like, where are where where are we at? Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I had like I'm like and but eventually, as you know, sometimes that gets normalized. Yeah.
2: Because
1: you just Cause all that stuff is entertaining too. You know what I'm saying? Right. It so is. you just kind of so then you think that's why that's how it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Usually, uh-huh. if you see somebody dark skinned on screen, they're playing in the background. You know, and uh, and now jumping into when I jumped into animation into this field, um, it it didn't occur to me until I got out of here to the East Coast. It didn't really hit me that hard that I probably will never see a leading a lead character as black in a feature animation ever yeah so so yeah but growing up Fat Albert was the one that really was the one i remember like um like a visceral connection to it you know what i'm saying like there there was the boondocks and the boondocks is the shit but that came out that when that came out i was already an adult you know what i mean so i didn't grow up with the boondocks so like were
0: you familiar with the comic strip
1: yeah, yeah, I was familiar with it, but but growing up as a little kid, I remember Fat Albert because that's what I saw when I was when I was a youngster. You know what I'm saying? When I'm in my like single digits, you know. Right. So, but the like the Boondocks, I love the Boondocks, but I didn't grow up with it, so I didn't get that yeah. visceral connection to it. And plus, the Boondocks is very they they, they talk some serious shit on there. They talk some right. serious uh, subject matters on there. Fat Albert didn't really didn't really jump. They just they were just having a good time on Fat Albert. Right, Dr. was giving you some of that real what was going on in the real world, you know. Right, in a comedic way. So, so I started seeing, I started getting exposed to more of that once once I got older, but it was hard for me to really connect it to my youth because I was already yeah. I was already an adult, you know what I mean? But the one thing that that comes to mind for me is is uh is that album.
0: And when you talk about that normal normalization. Um, I've heard a couple of different people tell stories of, you know, growing up, drawing different characters. And then somebody asks like, why don't you draw black characters? And they, and they, it, it, it they never think about it. Cause as a kid, you're just drawing what you see. And you never think yeah. to draw people that look like you. And sometimes, yeah. um, and I fully advocate people could draw whatever they want, but sometimes I go to different people's, um, whether it's Instagram, Twitter accounts, and stuff like that, and I can't tell that they're a black artist. Not that you have yes. to draw black characters all the time, but they draw nothing but white characters, and I'm like, when, when they have the hashtag, like, drawing while black, I'm like, are you sure these people are black? Or do or they think this is, like, drawing while in black and white? <laughs> like, yes. like, like, the colorization yes. of it, not the the it's skin crazy. color
1: <laughs> It's crazy because because we I mean there there are ve- there are very few characters that I can think of growing up there's Storm, yeah. you know, yeah. from, from the X-Men, you know what I mean? You got Luke Cage, Power Man, you know. Um you have uh Sunspot, but Sunspot he was like his powers made him turn into like this jet black character. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird. The original Captain Marvel was black, mm-hmm. Monica yeah. Rambeau. Um so but but a lot of times we just get pushed off to the periphery you know and it's just hard to to we have to basically exist in the periphery if we're going to be we have to exist in 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 this periphery if -hmm. we're going to get if we're going to get used to these characters and really get familiar with them and they become our own you know right and that i think is is the hardest thing about it because if you want to it's sort of like if you want to be at the if you want to be at the biggest event like the biggest party going on a new year's eve you go there and mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's it's just straight milk, you know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and you're like, do I really wanna be here, mm. you know? It's like, we're, we're, the, we're the part, we're the real party at, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's right. over, it's over at such and such in, in this little neighborhood over here. So it's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go over there. So, right. and in doing that, we're gonna get connected to who we are more so, mm-hmm. but then in that, we're also not seeing what's going on we're not seeing all the machinations happening that's going on so we can kind of better com- combat that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a constant kind of, we, we're juggling two things at the same time.
0: Yeah, because people are constantly connecting. The way you get the opportunities is, you is friends give their friends opportunities, but if you're not friends with the white people, then you're probably not gonna get the opportunities because they're gonna give, they're, they don't usually, people usually congregate with who they are. And so, yeah, unless you become friends with a white person, then you're not gonna get that opportunity.
1: Yeah, pretty much. It, and here's what's weird. Check this out. So, mm-hmm. so when I when I be, when I got into PDI DreamWorks,
0: mm-hmm.
2: the
1: dude that the dude that got me in, uh, if you if you met this cat, you know he's uh, he's 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 mixed between Mexican and white. His name is Matt. Right. Cool mm-hmm. cat. Met him in college. Helped him out with his demo reel. And he said, mm-hmm. Dre, man, and, and what I did for his demo reel, I went above and beyond, right? But that's because right. I just love art, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. He
1: was like, Dre, if I could do anything for you to get you into the industry, I'm gonna do that. Right. This dude, this dude uh, I didn't know this, but he was keeping tabs on me while I was still in college.
2: Cool.
1: Ma- making sure he knew when I was gonna graduate. And six months before, he already went and talked to people for me, right? So I had, I had that kind of experience all the way through my career so far. I've been lucky. Right, because right? that's not that's not the case for that's not the case for most people, you know what I mean? Especially most people that look like us. Right. And I got I got a mouth too, so you know, I speak <laughs> my mind, so that's kinda whoo, you know, that can that can that can bring up some issues. But it, I've always had people right there that could that kind of advocated for me, you know what I mean? So when right. I when I, when when Drew interviewed me, right, for, for the facility job,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, he asked me about you know my background. And I don't bite my tongue, you know what I'm saying? I told him, I told him the truth about right. uh, about my past and whatnot. And 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 this dude is like the whitest white dude that you could ever meet, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he straight said to me, "Everybody got a past, Ray. I don't care. I don't give a damn." I was right. like, "What?" You know? So like, so so there are those few people. Yeah. But the but the where where it's dangerous for us is that we look at those people and think they represent the majority.
3: Right,
1: that's where we got to be careful, because because mm-hmm. a lot of times, from from what I've seen statistically, because I can speak about my I can speak anecdotally,
3: right.
2: right,
1: but I try not to do that because that's very, that's kind of living in a bubble, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: So so anecdotally, I've had I've had some some serious help along the way in my in my situation, but I definitely know statistically. Yeah, a lot of times people ain't gonna people ain't gonna come to our aid unless unless it's also beneficial to them.
3: Yeah.
1: Or it doesn't there's no blowback that's gonna happen from it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. so so it's it's a constant it's a constant back and forth that we gotta do, man. And it's yeah, for those of you that don't... To be black. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and for those of you don't don't realize, like you know, we're always looking for mentors. But what Andre had was a sponsor, like sponsors that next level mentor where they're advocating for you. Not like mentor is like, okay, I'm gonna give you this advice, I'm gonna try to direct you in the right path. But a sponsor is like, I'm going to speak on your behalf and get you where you need to go. So you always want to try to get a sponsor.
1: And he definitely, and it's funny because Drew, I met, so I met Drew through Laura. Mm-hmm. and Laura was the manager of facilities, right? Drew, mm-hmm. and, uh, well, Laura was the manager of all the workers, but then Drew had, he was manager of the entire facility department outside of the immediate people that did all the delivering mail and moving desks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I met Drew through Laura, and I met Laura through, through uh, Matt, but the thing is, Matt and Laura, they both advocated for me, and you could tell they were those, they were allies, basically, you know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. And then, when, and then when Drew met me, I could tell Drew was an ally too, just just by the way he he carried himself. You know what I mean? Right. He um he actually uh this is a, like a little a little bit of like uh, information on who Drew is, a, is is as a person. When mm-hmm. he when he got offered a banging ass job at yeah. Google, mm-hmm. DreamWorks said, "Hey, can we can we Can you at least allow us to try to you know give you a better offer to keep you? You know." Right. so they gave, they gave him a better offer right mm-hmm. and he said I don't want that I just want raises for my workers they said no he said all right I'm leaving that's the kind of dude that's the kind of dude he was so they're out there it's just that you got to be really you got to be willing to uh put people to the test yeah and then and then be prepared to be disappointed if they don't if they don't check out sometimes right. sometimes that happens you know what I mean right yeah but but you're right I did have a lot of I had I had a few mentors and I had a few people that, that like sponsored me that advocated for me. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be here. Who gon, who gonna hire a big ass brother that's next spelling and don't bite his tongue? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ain't no ain't no ain't no white folks hiring me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: Be like Papa Andre, I'm sweating. Woo
1: <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. And and and, as, and I and I definitely my career would have ended already had it not been for people that look past that. 'Cause I've already had a few instances in my career already.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: I had like four major ones so far. <laughs> <laughs> that could have like that could have like ha ah. but then, you know, people came people came to my to my aid and was like, nah, that's not Dre. Somebody somebody talking foul on Dre, leave him alone. Right. So I was yeah, I was I was lucky, but like I said, it's a rare thing. It's a yeah. rare thing. Yeah.
0: So some other black characters that's come in the past years. Oh, Baby's Kids.
1: Oh, Baby's Kids. Yeah, that's yeah, Robin Harris. And it's funny because see, Robin to me is like the, you got the cartoon, but then you got the creator who's Robin Harris, right? And I'm more I vibe with like Robin Harris the person. The cartoon's right. cool, but I'm like the cartoon's cool because of this cat, like right. Robin Harris. And unfortunately, he's no longer he's no longer with us. But but yeah, Baby's Kids was was hilarious. But it Baby as kids is one of those things that it it was like a moment,
2: mm-hmm. and then it was
1: it was gone. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
1: And that's that's one of the things that we have to try to fix, man. We gotta stop. We gotta stop having just moments.
3: Yeah, and then, okay. and then
1: they just did like the Boondocks. Why didn't right. the Boondocks become like a live action TV show? You know that was based on the cartoon or like where'd it go? It just it just you know what I'm saying? Poof. You know, and I I understand I understand um. What's the guy? The, the guy's name, uh, the writer. I forgot it. His,
0: forgot his oh, name. Uh, Aaron Burrder.
1: There we go. He just, he just, he just stopped writing. You know what I mean? But why didn't it get so huge that that it would? It just took on a life of its own. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's, I think that's one of the hurdles we got to get over. Is we got to stop having these little moments where some, like, I don't want to see Issa Rae. I don't want to see her have insecure, and then a few movies, then she's just gone.
0: Yeah, I feel like we're because even the '90s, like with Living Single, Martin, and all that type of stuff, those were that was like a moment. And I feel like we're in another moment that I hope turns into like a movement.
1: <laughs> and the only way that can I, we've had we've had moments like like those, like in the '90s, we had we had um uh, Martin and um and of course Cosby was like the '80s, right? and then, yeah. and then they spilled up into the '90s. Then it became a different world, right? Which which I, I vibe on more than the Cosby Show. I like a different world better than the Cosby Show. You know what I mean? Because it was like it was like just the youngsters at college or whatever. But I, what happens is, from what from what I've seen, is that we'll have we'll have our moment where black is in vogue again, yes. right? And then at that moment we don't take ownership of the stuff so we can keep mm-hmm. it going, right? We might become in fashion. Everything's cool. Everybody's popping champagne and congratulating each other or whatever. But we're not thinking about who's got their hand on the switch who could just turn right. it off. And we never go after that switch. You yeah. know? That's that's our issue. That's the problem. And I think this time around, I'm hoping that we got I mean, we got Byron Allen right now who's uh who's going to um who's contesting who was a Comcast and Charter in the Supreme Court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got him like going going after going after the big dogs or whatever, but we need more of that i think right because if, if we don't get more of that then it'll just be like a moment and then we phase out again then it comes then we become in, in fashion again and we phase yeah. out again and we can't we can't keep affording to do that
0: man and then or they'll or they'll like use us so I, I recently saw a interview with um marlon wayans and he was saying how they used the wayans brothers to build up was it the WB and then like they built it up to be popular and then they canceled their show or you have on yeah. the other hand you have living single which was much more popular than friends but friends they were getting a million dollars an episode so the living single was more popular Asked for their cut and then they just canceled them
1: yeah exactly and and uh, I think um, that's happening right now with uh Ace of Raisin secure
0: mm-hmm.
1: and secure uh, hmm and ballers Mm-hmm. Those, uh, Easter, I think only gets eight episodes a season,
2: mm-hmm.
1: something like that. And then, like, Entourage got 13. Right. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's the same thing happening again. And, and the only way, and here's this is my thing this might, this might catch people, this might catch people on guard. I'm not really tripping off white folks doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm tripping off of what we ain't doing. Right. What we ain't doing. The hell with what they doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't give a goddamn if they're giving us eight episodes or 13 episodes or whatever why aren't we worried about us having our own networks just to do our own stuff?
3: Yeah.
1: Or why isn't, why aren't we um, going to like the own network first or going to um, BET, BET's like, eh, but it's still there. Um, Why don't we go to those networks first? You know what I mean? Right. Or or Tyler Perry Studios, why don't we go over there first? You know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's where we have the problem. You know, I'll never, I'll never look to, I'll never look to my competition i.e. white america i'll mm-hmm. never look to my competition to help me run the race faster because right. they already know i'm gonna whoop that ass mm-hmm. so they ain't gonna help us with that what i am gonna do is look at my people's and say why aren't we practicing together right why aren't we trying to teach each other how to run this race faster more that's that's what i look at because the same thing is going to always happen that, that's right. going to happen over and over again. Yeah.
0: yeah 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 so a couple more um more recent ones, uh, we already talked about the Boondocks. Um, Cousin Skeeter, which is the puppet. um, Doc McStuffins, The Proud Family, Fillmore. So those are like a lot of the representations. And, and just to go back to the um, the Boondocks, it was like a, a blacker version of Blackish, which is a current show. But it also had multiple representations of black people and multiple generations. So you have... Um, like Huey's the the woke, Riley is like the gangster, <laughs> and you got Granddad, which is the old school, and then what's their neighbor's name? Um, the bougie black dude.
1: Yeah, you talk. Yeah, uh, the the Sambo. That's what I call him. He's a Sambo, straight up. Y'all kids better stop doing this thing. You know it, it, that even the voice, even the. Uh...
0: Oh no, I'm talking about the the Tom, like the light skinned dude. But yeah, then Uncle Ruckus too is the. Yeah. Is the it's the- Almost he high. the
1: Sambo. Yeah, he yeah. the Sambo, yeah. That dude just ooh for Lord have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: it's like it was multiple representations of black people.
1: It definitely was. Uh, but I but I think also it was it was um it was a sharper it was a sharper representation. Like it was meant to stink. You know what I mean? It we we never we never see um I think Chris Rock said it in one of his interviews. He says, he says, when I see when I see a, a a black man able to just be average and be okay, yeah, then we're, then we've made it. You know what I mean? Like we can't be that we're either, we're either exceptional or we're, or we're just, we're worth nothing. We're worthless, you know? And, yeah. and you know, we can, we can be put in the dirt or put in a jail cell somewhere and they wouldn't give a damn. So, mm-hmm. and I think like the boondocks um, was very sharp and it was like that intentionally, of course, to kind of, to kind of wake you up, right? Sticking the ribs a little bit and, and, uh, yeah. Make you pay attention. Um, I don't really a lot. A lot of the stuff but nowadays. And I'll be. I'll be quite frank. The animation nowadays, no matter what you're looking at, is soft.
2: Mhm.
1: A lot of it is soft. It's not. It's not a. Uh... Have you seen? Have you seen a uh, substance? The short substance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did a review of it.
1: Yeah, Jamal Bradley. He uh wrote and directed it. He's he's an animator. I don't know where he's at right now. I knew he, he used to be at DreamWorks.
0: Mm-hmm. um
1: that's what we're missing yeah that kind of that kind of grittiness uh and 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 kind of nuanced right. realism we're missing that in animation mm-hmm. and and that's why i'm like a lot of the animated stuff nowadays is so it's all like cookie cutter and it's all formulaic
0: yeah
1: and i'm just like it, it drives me insane
0: yeah just cutting out that um that space for okay like first of all animation is not just for kids and then the animation that's for like adult um, topics, where you're talking about that real stuff and building yeah. that interest.
1: Yeah, which is which is strange because I don't know where the whole animation just for kids thing came from. Because so my favorite my favorite animation still it hasn't it hasn't been it hasn't been dethroned yet is the Secret of Nim.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, the Secret of Nim had a female protagonist. Yep. Single mom. Mm-hmm working working her ass off taking care of her kids it had politics in that in that animation it had Mm -hmm. racism in there it had um it had a like turncoat uh backstabbing evil it was like it was so gritty that came out maybe that came out in the 80s right so it's like i don't know where the whole you know animation for kids came from
0: catching all these jokes the the five-year-olds aren't catching the jokes <laughs> that are put in these animations even if it's like a uh, animation targeted towards kids so to speak there's still yeah. stuff there for the adults because they know that they have to bring them to the movie theater so we need to keep them interested too
1: and the thing is i think i think a lot of people underestimate kids and i i don't know why yeah because like when i was growing up so um like i said i wanted to. Originally, I liked stop motion animation. I liked I liked um, um, like monster makeup and stuff like that, animatronic stuff. Yeah. that's the stuff I liked originally, right? And so my mom let me watch horror movies, and I was I was like six, seven years old, right? And and the only thing she told me was, "Boy, you know that's a damn movie. It's fake." You know what I'm saying? I ain't worried about. It. And and she told me there's real things out here that'll kill you, right? You know, and and she um and she. And she um basically said you know we're gonna worry about the real the real stuff that's dangerous these is just movies so she didn't mind me watching the stuff you know what i'm saying so i'm pretty sure there's other parents out there too that are letting their kids watch this stuff too you know it's not it's not like oh now now that you're 14 you can watch uh you can watch pg-13
3: that's ridiculous
1: that is absolutely ridiculous you know what i mean so i never i never got why these companies are doing this whole you know uh this, this stuff is only for kids and, and kids can only get this level of joke. Like the anything be any any sophistication beyond here, they're not gonna understand. What? Right. I don't I don't get it. and and you know that's them white bread motherfuckers. Let's be real, <laughs> Cause it, because because we didn't get that in my house. You know what I'm saying. And all my friends were watching. I watched, I was watching Boys in the Hood, and Minnesota Society. I was watching Nightmare on the Elm Street for like horror stuff, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She's like, right, that shit is that shit is fake. You know what I'm saying? She's like, let me tell you about when I let me tell you about me growing up in the Jim Crow era. I'll tell right. you some scary shit. That's real. You know what I mean? She's like, you want to see something scary? A white man with money. There you go. That's something scary.
3: <laughs> you know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> so yeah, so I so I don't understand why the why the industry is and I think and I think that side of the industry is gonna stay that way. We're yeah. going to have to just make our own. Yeah. And Because like Jamal Bradley's animation is crazy. It's ridiculous. It's amazing. And people that are still over here saying that, you know, kids only should have these should only be worried about these kind of jokes or focus on this stuff. Those same mm. people are saying his stuff is revolutionary and cutting edge. Mm. And it's like, so even though you're complimenting his stuff, you're still stuck over here. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, you stay over there. We're going to start doing our thing over here because we can't wait for them. to. They're, they're never going to catch up, man you know what I mean yeah Yeah. so uh
0: my next question is what can companies do to take creating black characters to the next level so kind of they're creating these basic characters or maybe um black people are just appreciative of whatever they're creating but how can they take it to the next level In whether it's their design the storyline what do you think
1: um so it's it's uh it's kind of serendipitous that we're having this that we're having this conversation at this time because Who's guys working on a story right now where mm-hmm. the cast is uh is more diverse, you mm-hmm. know? And um the the brain trust of the film is not diverse. And that's mm-hmm. that's usually the case, right? right? I think I think first off, we gotta start there, right? So um, you know, if you ask, if you ask like uh these these folks that are doing, we can go off animation, we could just say Entertainment in general, right? Yeah. We could say we could say music. We could say movies, TV shows. If we ask them, do they want a bunch of people depicting them that know nothing about them? They would say no. Right. Okay. So we should get the same respect, right? Mm-hmm. So that I think so that's that's step one off off top. As far as like how in a perfect world how how it would be in a perfect world, right? This of right. course can't be step one in reality because this is a game of chess and we're playing with half the pieces. Right. So. So I would say that that would be step one, if they really wanted something authentic. Number two, I think that um, I took a, I took a screenwriting class a long time ago, and um, the uh, the teacher said the, ru- the first rule of writing any story is you develop your character, you develop your world, and you don't mess with those two. You respect mm-hmm. them, right? How does a person? How does a person that's not of a culture? write an authentic character of that culture and Mm -hmm. respect it. You can't. So that's, that's when you got to bring people in that understand the culture of what's being uh, depicted on screen. Right. So if Mm -hmm. the character, if the characters, um, if the characters like say a black woman from Detroit, that's Mm -hmm. different than a black woman from Memphis. Right. Those are two different things. You need to, you need to go and find the people that know about, about that life and about that existence and about all mm-hmm. those little, all those little intricacies that go into making this person feel real and authentic, you know? And I think, um, that would be the second step that company should be, that company should do. So for instance, into the spider verse was so good because they hired Peter Ramsey,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And I, before I saw, before I wasn't going to go even, I wasn't even going to go see in the spider verse, right. Mm-hmm. Until the, um, one of the art directors at Blue Sky said, "Yeah, I'm interested in seeing. I'm interested in seeing what Peter Ramsey did with the with the story." And I said, "Wait, Peter Ramsey directed that?"
3: Right.
2: I said, yeah,
1: I knew what I was going to get as soon as I stepped into the theater because right. I know Peter Ramsey. I I knew Peter Ramsey from DreamWorks, mm-hmm. right? So I knew what I was going to see on screen and how it was going to feel. I knew it was going to be that. It was going to have that little that little something to it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> but before, <laughs> but before that. <laughs> But before that, I wasn't even I wasn't even focused on. I was like, I'm not gonna go see it in the Spider Verse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And when I got there, it, it was it was there. That essence was there. You know what I mean? Right. And that's because um the writers, I forgot. I to, I, I'm drawing a blank on the writers. I think one of his name is Laird. One of his mm-hmm. last name is Laird. But but uh, the one the guys that wrote the Lego movie, they okay. they hired they hired Peter Ramsey and they let him do his thing. Right. He said it wasn't when he said something wasn't right, he wouldn't told they wouldn't told Sony, Hey, Peter doesn't like this, we're changing mm-hmm. it. That's it. Right. That's what needs to happen. And I think the the third thing I would say um is and this this is this is like this is one of the hardest things for these folks to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They
1: gotta let go of the wheel for a little while. They gotta let yeah. go of the wheel and let us drive and see what yeah. happens. You All know? Right.
0: We're gonna be <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 t- side, side, sidebar, sidebar. So when I when we were driving over to Diverse Tunes, it was me, Nicole, my friend Lauren Stevens. She was on the panel, and her nephew. And we had to hurry to get there. I missed I missed a turn, so I whipped it. I whipped into like a parking lot and came and backed up and came out. She said, "Did you used to drive a Cadillac?" <laughs> Cause, 'Cause I was one handed it, right? Right. <laughs> she said, You to have a cat like huh, I started dying. I'm like, nah, I just you know, I learned how to drive from cats that did though.
0: Right. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. It's just like with uh with the Kings of Comedy with uh Cedric the Entertainer with like how we be driving a spaceship, like Ooh. <laughs> you gotta turn your music down, we got this. Just cause we don't drive like y'all drive, don't mean we can't drive though.
1: <laughs> you damn right. Uh and it's more entertaining. So right. So I think I think that'd be step three is that they gotta learn how to let go,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: let go of the wheel and, and watch us because if they watch us, then they'll learn. Right. They'll get it. They'll be like, oh, and then that's when they'll that's when they'll have the epiphany of, oh, we should all just be in the room all the time. We should have different mm-hmm. people in the room all the time. Not just for certain movies, every single film. Have have yeah. this big group of different minds and different attitudes and personalities all the time. That's right. when you go. What is gumbo? Gumbo's a whole bunch of mixture of different things that come out of meat. Well, if you know how to cook it, let me, let me take that back. You gotta know how to, everybody out there, don't try to cook gumbo if you don't know what you're doing.
0: Yeah, do you know those things that went viral where the other <laughs> tries to do some stuff with some gumbo? It's like, that's not gumbo.
1: Yeah, don't do that, don't do that. I'm saying <laughs> the person knows how to do it, they take all those different, they take all those different ingredients and you, and you get this amazing thing called gumbo. So, mm. So that's number three. Now, for the real world, we're gonna talk about the real world now, not the perfect world.
0: Wait, so really quick to go go back to uh, point number two. Um, something I thought of a little bit tangent. So you said, um, and definitely in the writers' room, if it's a, a woman from Detroit, woman from Memphis, there's certain things that they know. So, how do you? What do you? What is your thought of the discussion around how all of these people, all of these black people from England? or the UK are coming and doing our roles. Now, the people writing it could be black. Do you think the people acting it should be closer to the material, even if they're not maybe from Detroit, not from Memphis? Or are are you totally fine with the UK people coming and acting as Martin Luther King, um, Queen and Slim, all that type of stuff?
1: Um, I, think, I think for me, you can come in my house as long as you wipe your feet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you respect the fact if you respect what 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 happened over here with us,
2: uh-huh. just
1: like we should respect what happened over there in the in the UK and Great Britain, which with, with, with all over there, because it was it was slightly different, just like what happened in Haiti was a little yeah. bit different than what happened in Jamaica. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So if we respect each other's houses, then of course. Now if you're not, that's when I got a problem, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's that's for anybody. That's that's whether whether we're talk whether we're talking to our own people or whether we're talking to people coming in from a white space coming in here. If you mm-hmm. respect what's going on, I'm cool with you being in here, right? Right. But but that's who we are as people. We're we're welcoming, right? Yeah. Uh, studies show that we have the most diverse peer groups. We like mm-hmm. different. We like mm-hmm. different, and we like a cornucopia of, of different personalities and attitudes. We like that stuff. So mm-hmm. as long as people show respect then yeah you can come into the house but if you ain't showing respect then yeah I got a problem with you no matter what skin tone you are you know what I'm saying whether yeah. you white or whether you white or black if you can disrespect it I want to make you black and blue. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so 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 that's that's what I think about that. For instance the 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 lady that played you know Harriet, you know what I'm saying? She she had some choice words for black folks over here in the US and I'm like see you can't be you can't be rocking like that but then want to come up in here and and chill and have a meal you can't do that
2: yeah not totally not, not with me
1: Not yeah. we got to talk about that first yeah we're gonna have a conversation about that first and then we can then we can see what happens at the tail end of that you know what i mean so but as far as where they're from no we all black
2: mm-hmm.
1: now we all we all black we're all suffering across the world from the same from the same shit right the skin i'm in is considered a sin We Mm -hmm. we're all we're all stricken with that. So I don't look at it like like black folks in the UK are different than black folks over here, as far as that goes.
0: Okay, so go back into talking to about the real world.
1: (laughs) The world, they're not gonna do any of that. (laughs) So so and here and here's why. Here's why because because if I know, first off, this is about this is about control, right? A lot of people think racism is about hate. No, that's bigotry. Bigotry is hate. Racism is control in order to hold on to economic power, right? You wanna keep the keys. So why are they going to help us? Why are they gonna allow us to come into their space and compete on equal ground? That mm-hmm. that makes no sense. Now some of them some of them don't think that way, right? Some white folks don't think that way. They're like, no, we, we're tired of this. We wanna all we wanna all sing Kumbaya and get along and make great stuff together. True. Mm-hmm. Okay, those aren't the people that are controlling shit though. So we can oh, yeah. shove that to the side. We can put that over here in mm-hmm. the in the column of um, "We shall overcome one day." Whatever, we'll put oh. that over there. <laughs> We're talking about what it is in those rooms. In those rooms, those rooms are filled with writers, producers, and executive producers that do not. Whether 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 we make whether we make good money with our material or not doesn't matter. They don't want to give us the chance on. Or they don't want to take the chance on us pop, uh, possibly taking hold of the wheel and mm-hmm. we actually drive better. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. And, and I've already, and um, the story that's going on at Blue Sky right now, I put together a group of people to go talk to the brain trust of this particular mm-hmm. story, right? Mm-hmm. How many emails did I get back after that meeting? Zero. Right. Now, mind you, the group I put together to go talk to the producer and the director of this specific, of this particular show that they're doing right now, mm-hmm. um, two of the people in 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 our group were writers from the writing department, mm-hmm. two white men
2: mm-hmm.
1: that agree with what I was saying wholeheartedly, and they're working on the show, and they're telling these, and I told those two guys. Um, I'm keeping the names out because I don't know how I don't know what kind of backbone they got. You know, they might not want their names out there. But these two guys, I told them, I need you in the room as my white whisperer. They were Um, like, What's that? (laughs) I said, when I say something and their eyes get hella big, they're gonna look to y'all and you just say, Listen to the black guy. He knows what he's talking about, then they'll feel calm again. That's your job. Mm-hmm. And one of them said, damn, Jay, that's fucked up. I said, hey, I didn't make this shit your ancestors did. I'm just trying to fix it. He was like, right. I feel you. Let's fix it. So they were right. They're like, OK, cool. This, that's what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? And in the, in the whole meeting, in the whole meeting, the points I were making, they were like, man, I didn't, I didn't, we never thought of it like that. Holy shit. we can. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't get it. Blue Sky, if y'all do this, what I'm talking about, not just for this film, but just for films in general. You will you will you will be the talk they will no longer talk about Pixar, they will no longer talk about Disney. Because mm-hmm. what I'm talking about right now is cultural authenticity driving yeah. the story. Yeah. Nobody does that. Mm-hmm. The few times you see it happen, Black Panther. Yeah. Two hundred million made one billion. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you have something culturally authentic. You know what I'm saying? And and, and that's that's of course I, I brought up that that um that example, because that's us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but um, I always bring up a, a movie called The Town. Have you ever seen The Town? Ben Affleck <laughs> wrote it and directed it. You ever I seen haven't.
0: that? No.
1: So so The Town, and I bring this up because this is about a place I've never been. I've mm-hmm. never been to Boston, right? Okay. I know nothing about Boston culture. I know nothing about um, the. Now I do not. I watch The Town, but yeah. um, I guess I guess in in Boston, um, you had. Like the, uh, like the uh, the Southeast, they're called the Southies, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: that's, that was like that was like the hood, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, so the Southies, they have a long line of bank of of, of family family members that rob banks, and they hand okay. the trade down, right? And this movie was basically about that. And Ben Affleck wrote and directed it and starred in it, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a Ben Affleck fan,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: But when he did what he knows, like the right. town. That movie is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and I've never been to Boston, but I felt like watching that movie. I felt like, damn, I felt like I was just in Boston, like chilling right. with chilling with the hood cats from, you know, chilling with the southeast from Boston. Mm-hmm. And I said, and so you take you take you take the town, and you take Black Panther. When you look at it as far as cultural authenticity, it's the same. Yeah, Ben Affleck is from he's from Boston. He knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Just like just like you have Ryan Coogler. He he went all he flew all the way over to Africa and went to different countries, came back and infused infused with the African culture. He infused Marvel and then he also infused the culture of Oakland, where he's from. Yeah. And you get distinct that's that gumbo. Right. Just like the town. That the town, it was some it was some white bread shit. But it was it was good though. It tasted, it was gritty, it was nice. Mm-hmm. So so when I, went into, when I went into this meeting and I'm talking to these people, they were agreeing with everything I was saying and when I said that we could easily beat out Disney and Pixar when it comes to making stuff that's more uh, where we'll, our stuff will be discussed more after the movie's over and people are leaving the theater.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I mean? I said that's, that's an easy thing to do over and over again. We can have Into the Spider-Verse every time. You know what I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But did they call me or email me afterwards? No. They didn't, because here's the thing: they don't have to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because when they make their film, um, they're gonna do they're gonna do the advertising, they're gonna do the marketing, and the film's gonna gonna do a modest profit. Mm-hmm. So they made their money back. So why do they have to do what I'm suggesting? Right. And that's how we have to look at it. They're not gonna if they don't have to, they're not going to, right? Mm-hmm. And so and and since they're the ones holding the keys, there's no situation that we can put them in where they have to, right? So I think the one thing we can do to force companies to actually start to start giving us our own lanes is the only one thing we can do, and that's hit them hit them at their pocketbooks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's it. We got to start. We got to start. A, you know, um, if we see a movie like, uh, you know, and this is crazy because I work for Blue Sky and Blue Sky's owned by Disney now. You know what I'm saying? The merger and all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you want Disney to listen, which I think Bob Iger, Bob Iger. He's listening a little bit more because Bob Iger was the one that told the Marvel CEO to get out the way and let Kevin Feige make Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But if we want if we want somebody like Disney to listen, we don't go see their films.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a tough thing, man. That's a that's yep. a super tough thing. But for me, that's the only thing outside of us doing our own thing. That's the only thing that I see us getting yeah. into us getting into like writing positions. If we get like say if we get into a writing position, right? though anything that we write, somebody else has to sign off on
2: it. Yeah.
1: Well who's that person? Well that's the producer. Okay, so so now the producer if we get into a producer role and the producer signs off on the writer, okay, now who can who who needs to sign off on the producer? The mm-hmm. president. Okay, well now we gotta become the president. Well now now that we're the president of the company, we got those three places now. Okay, who can who has to sign off on that? The executive producer. It it keeps going. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so either we either we infiltrate Mm
2: -hmm.
0: like
1: that, but why infiltrate? We just start our own companies.
0: Yeah,
1: it would be a lot simpler.
0: Something I noticed, um, because I follow the Facebook page Women in Animation, and they posted a um, an article in the past week where there's a woman who is now the CEO of some place. I don't remember exactly. But they're like, yeah, she wants so she wants more diversity. So I go read the article, and all she mentions is how we need more women. I'm like,
1: well, technically that's diversity, right? Yeah, but
0: that's not. And from my perspective, I'm like, she know that's not the only thing that makes things diverse, right? Well, well,
1: well, that that's and that, that's why I don't. That's why I try not to use the term diversity. Yeah. Yeah, I just say black, because because actually actually um. Uh, the term, the term diversity was used. I'm not going to get this totally correct because uh, um, Dr. Claude Anderson, he has, he's just got so much in his brain and he gives so much in his in his in his speeches. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: he was talking to, um, he was talking to um, Dr. Boyce Watkins or Dr. Boyce Watkins was interviewing him. Yeah. And Dr. Claude Anderson talked about where diversity first was first used, mm-hmm. and it was actually used as a vehicle. To disenfranchise Black folks, mm. that's where the term diversity was first used in in American language when it came to other people getting treated fairly. They mm-hmm. said, "Okay, we're gonna make this neighbor, we're gonna make this neighborhood, we're gonna make this neighborhood more diverse."
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that
1: could be anything. That could be yeah. disabled. That could be women. That could be uh, Asians. That could be East Indians. That you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And
1: so that so that term was originally used. To keep us from resources and opportunity, mm-hmm. so that's why I really don't. You know, the only thing I want to see diversity in is diversity of power.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, if we have more women in power, whether they're whether they're white women, Asian women, you know, uh, Latin women,
2: mm-hmm. if
1: they're in power, then that might make a little bit of difference.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: just regular diversity in the in the in the environment, nah, I'm not falling for that bro i yeah. like cultural authenticity yeah so whatever whatever is there so like for instance if if you put if you put a, a latin person into into this environment and they're culturally authentic that means they have knowledge of self mm-hmm. so i use i use the term cultural authenticity now. i usually don't use the term diversity you know mm-hmm. even though it, it is a good term but yeah. it can be it can be twisted, you know what I'm saying, by when it right. when it when it's in the hands of the devil, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, I did I did say there's some white folks out there that are the devil. That's what I meant by that. That's exactly what I mean by that. Right. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs>
0: the next question, what do you think of more recent representations of black characters? So that's into the spider verse, um, Princess and the Frog, um uh, substance um the soul movie coming out what do you think of all those recent more recent representations of black characters
1: um i think i think in the live action we got some pretty pretty good representation
0: mm-hmm. and i think
1: in animation it's still it's still not there because so for instance um uh the, the thing we just worked on spies in the skies for instance right
2: mm-hmm.
1: like i can't talk about the inner workings of the stuff that goes on in the blue sky because that's their stuff you know what i'm saying right and uh, but, I can I can tell you this, that that the the character Lance,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right, was very different, and they were going for something very different mm-hmm. in at Blue Sky that that I knew wouldn't last. Mm-hmm. I knew it wouldn't last. Why? Because of who was making it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I have all I have all the inner workings of what happened. I know the timeline. Mm-hmm. of where, when things started here
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then when certain people again certain people that had that that had that pen that had to sign off on shit they're the ones with the power right and those people are the ones that started asking certain questions and saying and saying certain things that started to erode the character of lance
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: what i mean and and that's what i see all the time in animation and and i think Again, the only way we're gonna get that real representation. Don't get me wrong, it's a brother on screen, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um and a lot of his a lot of his uh, bravado, a lot of his attitude, and a lot of his mannerisms come from a brother that works at Blue Sky named Matt Mun.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and to be completely fucking real right now, Matt Munn could have played that character all the way through.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: and I know Matt's gonna probably be like, damn it, Dre, why you say <laughs> but but I gotta be I gotta keep it a thousand. He could've he could have played Lance. We mm-hmm. the, the the movie didn't the movie didn't need a, a famous a famous actor.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: I heard Matt I heard Matt's scratch.
2: Mm-hmm. It was
1: tight. You know what I'm saying? And a lot mm-hmm. of the animation you'll see with Lance is from Matt's behavior.
2: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I mean? So so if they would have leaned in on that, if they mm-hmm. would have leaned in on that which I think they tried to, but right. I think the powers that be got in the way. And that's what's going to happen every single time. Soul yeah. is, is the same thing. Soul is like, okay, it's a brother, but then he dies and he becomes like a little blue guy.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. You
1: know what I'm saying? Same thing with Lance. Lance is a brother and he becomes a bird. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like either they kill us or they turn us into animals, man. You right. know? And that's and that's an animation as far as live action. I think we're, we're finally, we're on the next wave of us getting some authentic people of color on screen as yeah. black folks. But I say wave, I say that because we're not the ocean yet. Yeah. We need to be the ocean. Right. If we're not the ocean, we're gonna get one wave here and there and that's it. And mm-hmm. right now it, it, it right now it's tasty. I'm digging it. But I'm also dreading the, I'm dreading the time it's gonna end. Right. Yeah.
0: Um so my last question, what do you think of the idea going around? Well, I mean, you kind of just talked about this, actually. The The idea that every time Black characters get a chance to be on screen, they're turned into something else. So you did mention Soul. You mentioned uh, uh, the guy turned into a pigeon. Princess Tiana turned into a frog. What do you think is, where do you think that come from?
1: Oh, I think, I think it comes from the fact that we're not looked at as fully human, right? We, we used to be, in the Constitution, we were three-fifths of a human being right that's yes. that isn't the constitution <laughs> so and, and i think and i think um and i think that america just just america as a, as its own thing still looks at us like that i i include us in that we yeah. don't even look at us as as, as fully human. Yeah. a lot of us have a lot of us have uh a lot of us are still so traumatized and mm-hmm. and the wrong things have been normalized and then on top of that since they've been normalized and we're traumatized we keep reopening the wounds by not, by not speaking what we need into existence. We just keep reinforcing this stuff over and over again um, through, various, through various different mechanisms and vehicles or whatever. But I think um, that's still here. Yeah. And, and I think it's, and now, now this is where it gets rough. It ain't going nowhere. Right. We have to kill the America that exists and make a new one. Mm-hmm. And whoever wants to hold on to the old America, we have to kill them too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I'm not talking, I'm not talking about physically killing people. I ain't talking about bullets and all that, but I'm saying, so here, here's an example. I was talking to a friend of mine about, um, you know, now, you know, when, when Trump was running for office,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, this, in my partner, this is this a white dude I know from, um, from PDI. Mm-hmm. He was like, there's no way Trump can win. There's no way, there's no way. And I'm like, bruh, you don't understand what kind of country you live in. And mind right. you, we had a conversation about when Barack Obama first got elected and he was juiced. He was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I said, I don't know. He was like, what do you mean? And I said, now you are about to see what the real America is. Mm-hmm. He was like, what do you, what do you, I said, don't, America don't want no black man in charge. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? He was like, you tripping, man, they, nah. I mean, he was like, look, everybody's cheering about Barack being in office right now. I'm like, no, not everybody is not right in this small little bubble. We're sharing. Right. There's a whole nother America out there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so then when, when, you know, Trump got in office, he's just, he's just pissing now. Like a lot of people that he used to talk to, he don't talk to anymore. You know, the whole not. Yeah. So we were talking one day and he said, man, Hillary should have did, did this, that and the third and she would have got in. I said, mm-hmm. don't put this on, Hillary.
3: Right.
2: I
1: said, this is y'all's fault. He was like, what do you mean? I said, when y'all was, when y'all was at your house having Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or a wedding uh, and y'all were together, when that obscure relative said some weird shit, you didn't, you didn't alienate them right then and there.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: gave them excuses. And you, and you tried to act like you didn't hear what they said. Mm -hmm. or maybe they didn't mean what they said in that way this is Mm -hmm. y'all's fault for not killing this america back in the 50s when you had the chance Mm
2: -hmm.
1: trump wouldn't have ran if he didn't if he didn't know that this america still existed Mm -hmm. so my thing is we have to kill this america completely Mm -hmm. and and birth and matter of fact um um uh dr king talked about this in his speech the two americas
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the, we and we cannot coexist.
2: Mm-hmm. Fuck
1: all that bullshit about Kumbaya with some white nationalists. You know what I mean? We ain't doing that. We right. enemies. That's it. Right. Now we're enemies because of how they think, not because of what we think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But that doesn't matter. What matters is, is that we're enemies. You know what I'm saying? They they right. the, the die has been cast, right? Mm-hmm. So we need if 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 we are to be fully actualized, and we are to be we are to be treated as full human beings we have to let this America go and we have to start this new America. And then when it comes down to it, when that America tries to rear its ugly head, we cut that head off.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That's the only way we're going to get past this, man. Period. I don't know if that's dark or what, but (laughs) but that's, that's how I look at it. Cause I mean, I've got
0: to go through the darkness to see the light. (laughs) That's
1: it. And I grew up with people that I went to elementary school with, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And when Trump got in office, they started talking strange.
3: Mm.
1: Right. To me, I didn't cry over it. I just cut them off. Right. Okay, we enemies now. That's what it is and that's what it is, you know what I'm saying? And some mm-hmm. people might say, "Well, that's kind of fatalistic, Dre." I'm like, "Well, you know what? Our shit's kind of fatal right now."
2: Mm-hmm. Every
1: 28 hours a black man or a black woman's getting killed by the police, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh we're, we're we're still getting we're still getting um ridiculous interest rates on our loans when we want to open up a business or buy a home, even if we even if we get the loan in the first place, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Redlining still exists. Food mm-hmm. deserts in the hood still exist. Oil companies wanna wanna put their oil refineries in black and brown. So, miss me with all that kumbaya shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nah, we just have to we have to kill this old America, man. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll be okay.
0: So, anybody out there? Whatever your thoughts on black blackness in animation just put it in down in the comments like so you know it's rips like so i know it's real comment and tell me how you feel subscribe to seal the deal and sign up for post notifications to show your zeal and we will see you in the next video
2: peace